You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Previously, we examined the Battle of Khaybar. We examine why the Prophet left Medina to the fort of Khaybar and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted Muslims victory at the hands of Amir al Mu'mineen. Now, after the battle of Khaybar and the victory of Muslims, one of the major events that happened immediately after Khaybar is the story of Fadak. So in our discussion today, we will examine Fadak. Fadak was a developed and fertile territory which was situated near Khaybar at a distance of about 140 kilometers from Medina. So we're looking about 80, 90 miles from the city of Medina. Fedek was considered one of the stronghold of the Jews of Hijaz. So after Khaybar, we could say that Fedek was probably the most important Jewish fort and village. Now, after the victory of Khaybar, the Prophet ﷺ takes out a banner and he says, who will march to Fedek? Zubayr said, I will. The Prophet ﷺ refused to give him the banner. Sa'd offered to go, but the Prophet ﷺ also refused. Then the Prophet ﷺ said to Imam Ali ﷺ, he told him, take the banner and go to Fadak. So the Prophet gives the banner to Imam Ali ﷺ to go and liberate the village of Fadak. Now, some reports indicate another companion was sent to uh, Fadak. The reports state that the Prophet ﷺ sent a companion by the name of Muhaysa ibn Mas'ud al-Harithi. The Prophet told him, go to Fadak and negotiate with the elders of Fadak. Now, this report attributed to Muhaysa states that when the Fedaki Jews realized the victory of Muslims at Khaybar, they quickly offered to make peace with Muslims. Now, is it true that Muhaysa was sent by the Prophet ﷺ to negotiate with the Fedakis? It's possible he may have had a role in securing the land of Fedak. But based on our research, we believe his role was marginal. The main role belongs to Ali ibn Abi Talib He was the main player when it came to liberate the land of Fadak, not Muhaysa, even though the Prophet may have given him a secondary task over there. Now the chief of the land of Fadak, the chief of the village of Fadak, was a Jewish man by the name, by the name of Yusha ibn Nun. Does anyone remember who Yusha ibn Nun is? How is he important in Jewish history? 
the successor to Musa Yes, he was the first successor after Prophet Musa He was the wasi of Prophet Musa who succeeded him. Prophet Harun was also the successor of Prophet Musa But Prophet Harun died during the lifetime of Musa. According to our hadiths, the Prophet would liken Imam Ali to Yusha ibn Nun. Because Imam Ali lived after the Prophet and he was the Khalifa after the Prophet, the Prophet likened him to Yusha ibn Nun. He tells him, Oh Ali, you are like Yusha son of Nun, Joshua son of Nun, because he succeeded Musa alayhi salam. So the leader of Fedek was a Jewish man by the name of Yusha ibn Nun. So what agreement did Muslims make with the Fedekis? The Fedekis realized that the Muslims are very strong after the, you know, victory of Khaybar. They knew what Imam Ali was capable of. They really did not want to fight. They knew that Jews had committed treason against the Prophet and they had conspired with the enemy. But the Fedeki Jews were wiser than the Khaybaris. They're like, it's not worth it for us to go to war with Muslims because we've seen their capability. We know what Ali ibn Abi Talib salam, is capable of. So let's avoid this battle. Why should we fight Muslims? Let's not fight them. It was clear to the Fedakis that the Muslims would be given victory by Allah. So they made peace with Muslims. And according to some reports, they agreed to give the Prophet ﷺ half of their produce every year. So half of what their farmlands would produce, they would give it to the Prophet ﷺ. In return, what would the Jews get? They would live under the protection of Islam. Muslims would guarantee their safety, their security, they would live peacefully in Muslim lands. The Fadaki Jews also agreed not to conspire against the Muslims. We will not commit treason. We will not side with the uh, Mushriks and conspire against you. This is something that they made official with the Prophet now, other reports indicate they offered the full produce of Fedek to the Prophet. In any case, some reports indicate they said, we'll give you half of what Fedek farmlands produce. In other reports, it's mentioned that they told the Prophet we'll give you all that which this farmland is going to produce. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, we have a very important religious ruling over here. Lands that were conquered by Muslims fall under two categories. The first category is the land that is conquered through war and fighting. When the Prophet would go to war to defend Islam from the enemies and Allah would give them victory, and they would conquer that land, the properties in that land, the spoils of war in that land, everything in that land would belong to the Muslims, right? When the Prophet would go to war and the Muslims would fight, they would support the Prophet, they would join the battle, 
when they would get access to the spoils of war or the property, the Prophet would distribute them among Muslims. So the Muslims, they had a share in those lands and in those spoils of war. Yes, the Prophet has to administer it. He has to manage it and split it justly. But all Muslim fighters would get a share. This is the first type of lands. The second type of lands that we have in Islamic law are those lands that are secured without a war. I'll ask you a question now. If Muslims get access to a land or a village without a war, peacefully, the village is given to them. The farm is given to them. Legally, according to the law of the Quran and the law of Islam, who owns the land? Does anyone know? The Prophet, is the, the Prophet is the one who owns it, or the Imam, meaning the representative of the Prophet. We have a verse in the Holy Quran that demonstrates this law. That is Surah Al Hashr, verse 6. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Holy Quran, وَمَا أَفَاءَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِهِ مِنْهُمْ فَمَا أَوْجَفْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ خَيْلٍ وَلَا رِكَابٍ Basically, the verse is saying that if there is no war, you did not go to war either on camels or horses. You did not go to war. This becomes faith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to his prophet. Allah bestows this land to the prophet. If you Muslims acquire this land without a war, you did not have to ride your horses and go and fight. So we have a clear verse in the Holy Quran that tells us those lands that are, that are conquered without a war, they belong to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. Now this verse in Surah Al-Hajr, Verse 6, on what occasion was it revealed? Some, some historians and scholars of Quran, they have said that this was revealed about Banu Nadir. Banu Nadir was a tribe in Medina. They conspired against the Prophet They tried to kill the Prophet, so the Prophet exiled them. And Muslims, you know, basically took their lands. So some scholars have said this verse in Surah Al-Hash is about Bani Nadir. Because when the Prophet conquered their lands, there was no fight. He owned the land and then, you know, he basically distributed it as he saw fit. Al-Fakhr al-Razi, who is a very well-known Sunni exegete of the Quran, he comments on this verse. He says, there are other opinions. These verses of Surah Al-Hajj were actually revealed on another occasion. Not Banu Nadir. He says when it comes to the issue of Banu Nadir, in fact, there was a fight. Because Banu Nadir tried to kill the Prophet. So the Prophet mobilized the Muslims. They actually went to the fort of Banu Nadir, to the farm of Banu Nadir. And they besieged them, and then they were exiled. So there was actually a war. 
So this verse in Surah Al-Hajj cannot be about Banu Nadir because there was actually a war. So now we ask Al-Fakhr Al-Razi, okay, if it's not about Banu Nadir, then verse 6 of Surah Al-Hajj was revealed about which occasion? Listen to what Al-Fakhr Al-Razi states. He states in his book of Tafsir, in Tafsir Surah Al-Hashr, he says, بَلْ هُوَ فِي فدك. This verse was revealed about Fadak. Why? وَذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ أَهْلَ فدك إِنْ جَلَوْ عَنْهُ فَصَارَتْ تِلْكَ الْقُرَى وَالْأَمْوَالِ فِي يَدِ الرَّسُولِ It says the people of Fadak, they left their farmland without a fight, and the Prophet ﷺ, he took control of their farm. مِنْ غَيْرِ حَرْبِ Without a war. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa would took uh, he he would take this piece of land he would use it as he wished everything that the land generated the profits it generated the Prophet had access to it. Then Al Fakhr Al Razi states, "Falamma mata says when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa passed away, idda'at Fatima annahu kana yunhiluha fadakan." He says Fatima claimed that the Prophet had given her. But Al-Fakhr Al-Razi agrees that there is a scholarly opinion that says Surah Al-Hash is about Fadak. Allah gave this land to the Prophet Why? Why didn't the Muslims own this land? Because they didn't fight. There was no fight. It was peacefully secured from the Jews. And whenever a piece of land is peacefully secured, the Prophet owns it. So according to Islamic law, we have these two types of lands. And Fadak is an example of the second type. It belonged to Rasulullah not the Muslims, because it was peacefully secured without any fighting. The Prophet has full authority over such lands. He can gift them, he can lease them, he could do whatever he wishes with the land.